You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today's, I don't really know how it's going to go. I decided to spend some time and go out and do a roundup of all the news and notes and information. And um, my goal ultimately is to try to make this, um, you know, a nice smooth podcast, but the data is kind of all over the place. So um, I want to start a little bit with some non-Packers news, just kind of get that stuff out of the way, then kind of transition into some non-Packers but kind of Packer-related stuff, as in, you know, looking at other quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want to start with the uh, the Joe Mixon thing. I'm sure you heard about it, and I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but um, obviously Joe Mixon, not really known for being a great human being, Um I know the general narrative is, hey, the charges were dropped, so shut your mouth. But um, it's a pretty serious situation that should be taken extremely seriously. And I, I understand that there's no football going on right now, but if there was, he would need to be suspended pending the investigation. And there is still an investigation. Um, this via Yahoo Sports. The case filed on Thursday against Bengals running back Joe Mixon was dismissed on Friday morning. The prosecutor's office told Hamilton County Judge Kurt Kissinger that the city has requested the case be dismissed because additional investigation is needed to move forward with the case. The alleged victim has been in communication with the Cincinnati police and, according to Hamilton County Prosecutor's Office, wants to move forward with the charge if the prosecutor's office decides to refile the case. But, again, the reason why it's worth going over despite the fact that it was dropped, even though it sounds like it was dropped based on some kind of a weird technicality where we're going to drop it for now because you don't really have sufficient information, go back out and see if you can get it. But you still have a victim. You have a victim that says this happened and I will press charges and you have an investigation that is currently ongoing. That's the situation. So the headline saying, hey, this was dropped, don't worry about it, turn your eye, avert your eyes, um, Sorry, that's not the way that goes. Just for a little background, I'm sure you all know, and I've mentioned it several times on this podcast, Joe Mixon is the guy that prior to the draft, him him being drafted, a video came out of him knocking a woman out, and I believe he broke her jaw. They were in some kind of a fast food place in an argument, and he broke her jaw and then ran away. In this incident, 
Continuing on with the article, the arrest warrant was issued for Mixon after allegedly pointing a gun at a woman in downtown Cincinnati last month. According to court documents, Mixon said, you should be popped in the face. I should shoot you. The police can't get me. Imagine how horrifying it would be if somebody stuck a gun in your face, said they're going to kill you and that the police wouldn't do anything about it. And then when you call the police to file a charge, they dismiss the charges. You know how much that would mess you up? (laughs) This guy threatened to kill you, which is so traumatic and told you that the police won't do anything to protect you, and you have them throwing it out. I'm not saying they did the wrong thing. I'm sure this is the proper procedures and all that stuff. I'm just saying if if that was me or a family member or my wife or my child, and they dismissed the case, and everybody online is like, oh, stop talking about it, it was dismissed, shut up, I would lose my faith in all of humanity at that point, whatever faith I have left. So extremely serious situation. And no, the charges were not dropped in terms of nothing happened. So move on. That's not what happened. In other news, apparently Tony Romo's um, having some sort of an intervention. And honestly, it's not that surprising. Here's an article from the Sporting News. It says, um, Tony Romo's 2022 season in the booth mirrored that of some of his playing days. Solid, but underwhelming in playoff time. That sparked the bigwigs to get involved. According to the New York Post's Andrew Marchand, CBS executive staged something of an intervention to try to get Romo's game-calling back on track throughout the playoffs. Look, I don't know about his calling during the playoffs. All I know is this guy had like three or four games that he called when he first started where he was like picking out the play, like they're about to run this, and everybody lost it and was so excited because it's like, that's crazy. He knows what's coming. This is so cool. He is a terrible announcer. He's so terrible to listen to. And it's not like some of the other guys where you feel like they're biased or whatever. He's just bad at this. He's really, really terrible. And it's not just that he's different and he has a different style. He just, he's, he's annoying. He's like watching football with somebody that keeps saying the wrong thing all the time. It's like, dude, would you just shut up? Like, I just want him to be quiet. He adds nothing to the game whatsoever. He's constantly just questioning the refs, and he's wrong 90% of the time. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that call. Like, dude, it's it's the right call. Shut up. Like, is that your entire job to just go, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I don't know, Jim. Like, nope. There's nothing here, dude. So, yeah, I, I think I like Romo, and I thought it was kind of a cool deal, but... um. An intervention is definitely needed. I, I I hope you can become a good announcer, but it is not just in playoff time. Every time, at least this year, that I've listened to him call a game, he's been awful to listen to. It's just not good. And listen, the announcers in general are not good. I've been talking about this for years. You listen to, I back in the day when I was, you know, geez, what would that have been? Holy cow, we're talking almost 10 years now. Back when I was living in Kenosha by myself, my house was basically a bed in my living room and then a nightstand with a TV monitor and a computer. So my TV was my computer. My computer was my TV. And the only furniture I had was was a bed. And it was just, it was the dream, right? That's all you ever need in life. Place to sit and lay down, TV to watch, et cetera, et cetera. But bottom line is I bootlegged all the games. I didn't have money for cable, none of that stuff. I didn't care. I didn't need it. You go online, you find these sites with like 60 billion ads. You fight through them. You're just constantly clicking, get out of my face. It's like, you know, you're like Ip Man just taking on six, seven different guys at once. And eventually you break through and you get to watch the game. Sometimes, though, the feed that would work the best to be able to watch the Packer game or whatever game you want to watch 
wasn't an American feed. In fact, most of the time it wasn't. Usually it was Sky Sports, which is British, but sometimes it would be like French or uh, some other non-English speaking country. And the announcers were a billion times better. They sound like soccer announcers. They're screaming, they're yelling. Then you come back to these guys who get paid $60 billion to announce games, and they sound like they're sleeping, like they're bored watching these games. Aaron Rodgers drops back to pass. The ball's in the air. It's caught at the 20-yard line. Still going 10. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. They win the Super Bowl. Congratulations. Wow, Jim, what a great throw. Did you see that? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Did he? Yes. Yes, Tony. He caught the pass. He was standing the whole time and ran in. I don't know, Jim. I think he might have dribbled the ball there for a second. Hold on. Hold on. Are they going to review this? Like, oh, jeez, just shut up, dude. What is the benefit? It's, it's, it's getting to the point of, like, where cheerleaders are. The announcers are almost like cheerleaders. It's almost that bad to where it's like, what is your purpose exactly? What are you doing? Well, we're leading cheers. There's no cheers. What do you lead? You're just standing there. You're standing there dancing where nobody's watching you. What is the purpose that you serve? You don't serve a purpose, do you? These guys are just like, it's just some kind of noise filler. But is this the best we can do to fill in like the gaps and kind of keep you going along? There's nobody on planet Earth that's better. I mean, seriously, go on YouTube. I, I, if, if we could get the timing synced up, I would much rather watch like any YouTube stream of any fan of any team. You want to watch like a random uh, Bears-Jets game or Jets-Eagles game or anything stupid that I don't care about. You go watch the Eagles stream or the Jets streamer. Again, if I could get it synced up, and I probably could because you got like Hulu and everything, you just get it synced. I would much rather watch that. That'd be significantly better. Wish I had thought of that because I could pause both. Just get it synced up and do that, because these guys are just terrible. But the point is, Romo is bad in comparison to these other guys who are bad. And I've seen some people defending Romo, like, well, he's unique. Why does he have to be the same? It's not about unique. If I put mustard and ketchup on my pizza, it would be unique. But that's kind of the wrong word to describe what this is. You ruin my freaking pizza. This is terrible. This is trash. And I don't ever want you to do that again. Yeah, but it's unique. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And it's going to go in the garbage. It will be uniquely thrown in my garbage. So we'll see. And I saw also in regard to this, uh, Colin Coward, of course, has an opinion on everything. And it can't just be a normal opinion. Uh, he believes that it's because Tony Romo is obsessed with golf. He says when you get old, and he says when he interviews people, he asks them, do you like golf? And they're like, oh, heck yeah, I love golf. He won't hire them. Because people get old, especially old white dudes, and they get obsessed with golf, and uh, that's all they think about. 24 hours a day golfing, they're reading golfing things and surfing the internet, looking at golf clubs, and that's all they want to do. And they think Romo's obsessed. He thinks Romo's obsessed with golf, and that's why he sucks at his job. I don't know the reason. I just know he's bad at it, and I'm glad somebody was willing to call him out and be like, look, dude, um, you kind of suck at this. And we sort of paid you a lot of money, so I know you've got some natural ability as a former quarterback to be able to do some stuff, but this is this is this is bad. So you got to tighten this up a little bit. Hopefully, it works. Um, and other news, just in uh, reference to kind of laughing at some other teams, I thought this was absolutely hilarious. Trey Lance, who is um, really, 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 really bad, apparently has said he has no desire to fix his mistakes. <laughs> 
Uh, here's what the headline says. Trey Lance said he won't work on his throwing motion this offseason. Asked by a reporter if he would spend this upcoming months improving his throwing motion, Lance said he will not, focusing on other inna- unnamed parts of his game. Quote, I feel like I'm in a really good spot, said Lance, recovering from second uh, surgery on his broken right ankle, an injury that ended his 2022 season in week two. Lance was terribly inaccurate on his 38 dropbacks in the season. First couple weeks, only Anthony Brown had a lower completion rate over expected than Lance, who's 6.3 yards per attempt, ranked 29th among all quarterbacks, which is hilarious. That is attempts. His accuracy was one of the worst in football, and he also had some of the shortest throws in football. Um, He'll likely compete with Brock Purdy for week one, blah, 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 blah. That's hilarious. Hey, Trey, man, you going to be working on your throwing motion or anything? Nope. Oh, okay. Then, flipping over to Arizona, more quarterback controversy. See, we, we, we get honed in on Aaron Rodgers and all that, and it's because he's kind of a bigger character and everything, but there are significantly worse, more dramatic situations in other places than Rodgers. They're just not as big a stories because they're not as big a quarterbacks. New York Post, Tyler Murray could be scaring off potential Cardinals head coach candidates. <laughs> Which is funny because maybe the article is garbage, but it doesn't matter because it's funny and you could absolutely see how it's true. The Cardinals coaching search is not going particularly well, and there may be a culprit. Coaching candidates are reportedly scared off by Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray and the massive $230 million contract he signed this offseason, according to Pro Football Network. Per the report, candidates are wary of being tied to the hip of Murray for the next four seasons, especially if the quarterback tore his ACL and may not be healthy enough to play in 2023. I would also like to add, the guy kind of seems like a D-bag. He was seen constantly like screaming at his head coach, being a whiny, crying diva, and they also tried to put in his contract, hey dude, you can't be playing video games all day long, you got to kind of tighten it up and actually do some work. And then they ripped that out when they got made fun of and yelled at, even though they probably should have kept it in there. So you got a guy that seems to have some work ethic issues, has an injury history, is hard to work with, somewhat dramatic, not super great at football, And he's not going anywhere because he signed a massive contract. By the way, we're not going to be getting you any additional pieces to try to build this team because we have no money because of said quarterback. So yeah, I could see why uh, being the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals would necessarily be somewhat of a bad thing. It's not just the Packers, man. Some of these teams are in such a bad spot. Such a bad spot. Also, in terms of quarterback drama, also from the New York Post, Tom Brady caught yelling into his phone after NFL retirement announcements. I don't know if you actually watched his announcement, but um, this was the demeanor of Tom Brady. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super... Emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So, uh, really, thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. 
So you listen to that and you think, oh man, what a good guy. You know, he's always just such, he's just a good guy, man. He loves his family and everything. And he's a nice guy. He's always happy and stuff. Well, there's a video of him <laughs> shortly after this on his balcony, just cursing somebody out. I don't know who it is, but um, you just kind of get to see the other side of things, you know? The video does exist, by the way. It's not just some fake thing. I'm watching it right now as we speak. But that's the whole social media thing, you know? And Brady, I think, does a really good job of that. Much, You know, Rodgers is much more just being himself. If he's in a good mood or bad mood or whatever, you're going to see it. I think Brady does a good job of kind of putting on that, um, here's my beautiful life face. And then, yeah, walks back to his... Uh, Walks back to his room, calls somebody, and curses him out. <laughs> then finally, we got to end with Mr. Justin Fields. Now, to be clear, I'm 99, well, 96% sure that they're going to keep Fields and go in a different direction, whether that means stay at one and pick somebody or more likely trade back. This was from, uh, for you, I guess, two days ago. Uh, I don't know when exactly this quote is from, but... Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze said he has a lot of confidence in quarterback Justin Fields' development and praised him for being a hard worker. Quote, yeah, no, I have great confidence in Justin, Getze said via NFL.com. You saw the growth that he had from a year ago to where he is now. He still has a long way to go as far as where we want to be, and he knows that. But nobody works harder than Justin, the kind of guy he is, the kind of leader that he is. I'm really excited to see what he can do this coming season. You can see the most growth for 2022. Um he goes on to say he put the team on his back for a few weeks there and showed that he's able to do it. And then um, Getsy ends with, yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark. It's like, who do we have on offense? So it always gets kind of put on Justin, like, hey, you evolve, uh, evolved to Justin, but we evolved to all 11. We've got to figure out who those 11 are going to be and then figure out how to get each guy the opportunity to be successful. So we got to build around Justin. So, I mean, it's possible they go out and get somebody else. But Getsy's going to look like a total tool. Not that he's in charge of, of being the GM or whatever, but he's flat out saying, we like him. He's got a lot of work to do, and he knows that. But he's our guy. we got to build around him. And um, I'm excited to see what he can do for us moving forward. So that's just me saying, to be clear, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do it. But i got to make fun of him a little bit. Article written by uh, CBS Josh Edwards, 2023 NFL Draft Bears options for the number one pick, including potentially moving Justin Fields and trading down. Now, obviously, that's not the only one, but the part of the article I like is where they detail how much he sucks as a uh, as a reason for maybe why they could potentially maybe sort of kind of move on. Should the Bears trade Justin Fields and draft a quarterback? Why would Chicago trade Justin Fields? First, he was drafted by neither general manager Ryan Poles nor head coach Matt Eberflus. They do not have ties to the quarterback, and it's unknown how either felt about him pre-draft. Fields, who just concluded his second season, was drafted number 11 overall. He is through 40% of his rookie contract. If it is assumed that the fifth-year option would be used, and the team has made little progress on the field. Through two seasons, Ohio State product has completed 59.7% of his passes. Thank you, Ads, for messing this up to go along with 24 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. In addition, he has fumbled 13 times and scored 10 touchdowns on the ground. A porous offensive line, a lack of skill talent, and coaching turnover has not exactly been conducive to growth, but the franchise is left with questions. Fields flashed a handful of games this season, but there's reason to believe that with, uh, with time he could reach his full potential. What isn't known is how Chicago's leadership feels about Fields and the prospective quarterback prospects. For that reason, it's impossible to entirely rule out the possibility of them moving in another direction. 
If there were an obvious upgrade at the position available, the Bears would probably go down that path. Again, I just love having the conversation. Because as much as everybody will say that's stupid, they're not going to trade him. If you just go down the path and say, let's just say for argument's sake, they did trade him. Why would they do it, I wonder? I wonder, is there anything we could find? And as soon as you make people start looking, they go, well, I mean, he does suck as a quarterback. Like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. (laughs) Then finally, there's this. And I've told you, Colin Coward is an enigma. Most people just flat out hate the guy. I think he's like 60% of the, what funny, he mentioned 60-40. 60% of the time, the guy says stuff, and I'm like, you're an idiot. 40% of the time is like, there you go. That's it. On the money. Here he is talking about Mr. Justin Fields. Next. Here's where I am with Justin Fields. 60-40, I think it's going to work. But he, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, I don't think they're gifted enough to overcome nonsense. Mac Jones, the minute he doesn't have the right coach, regresses badly. He's not gifted enough to overcome a bad coordinator. My concern with Justin Fields, and I see this more and more, maybe it's because of social media. Everybody's got a highlight. Everybody's sports center. Everybody can give you highlights. We're falling in love with the spectacular and the highlights. That is a small part of quarterback play. You get a- How many times have I said that on this podcast? Every single quarterback on planet Earth, you can go out and find five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten really good throws or really big plays. Every single garbage quarterback that has played for a season, go pick the worst quarterback that played the entire season this year, and I promise you I can put together a highlight reel. You think they don't have five good passes or ten good passes, enough to put together a little tiny uh, Twitter snippet? Everybody has that. So what? Doesn't mean anything. About two of those a game. We did this with Cam Newton for years. His footwork never got better. His mechanics regressed. But like twice a game, Cam Newton would do something you couldn't take your eyes off of. That's what I said about Trubisky. Trubisky always made those spectacular plays every game. He always had that one deep shot just right on the money. Trubisky sucked. Folks, a lot of movie trailers are amazing. There's 60 seconds. Very rarely is a movie amazing. That's two hours and 10 minutes. I've seen it with Zach Wilson. I've seen people go to the combine and make throws. This is what they're struggling with with Trey Lance in San Francisco. Accuracy. (laughs) It's what they're really struggling with. It's what they struggle with with Zach Wilson. They know he's got a good arm. They know he can move. But if you watch Zach Wilson play, he'll have a guy seven yards out in the flat and short hop him. He'll dirt it. Like, you can't do that. You got to get the layups right. You can have a, take Daniel Jones, almost never spectacular. He's in the playoffs. Why? Completion percentage ticked up, turnovers career low. He just doesn't make the mistakes anymore. He's no more spectacular now. They're using his legs a little more. But, but with an average O-line and bad receivers... He's in the playoffs. We don't look at we don't look at Daniel Jones highlights. We don't go on Sunday and go, oh, I, I see Daniel Jones. It's not what he does. His completion percentage, highest of his career, his turnovers, lowest of his career. So I think Justin Fields is gonna work. But I don't know if it's social media. I don't know why this is. We used to all wait for Sports Center. When I was a kid growing up, 
Howard Cosell in the 70s gave you highlights of the games at halftime of Monday Night Football. And then ESPN created Sports Center, so you got highlights at Sunday night. And now we have our phones. We all have Sports Center. It makes Sports Center less relevant. You don't have to wait until Monday to do games. And so we all have our own little Sports Centers, and we sit there watching highlights over and over and over, and we fall in love with highlights. That is like 5% of quarterback play. Is Justin Fields going to audible you out of trouble? You can keep blaming the O-line and the receivers, but... Is he going to audible you out of trouble? Is he going to audible you into yards? Is his footwork getting better? Reading the field? Are his mechanics stabilized? And the answer may be yes to all of these. I'm 60-40. I think it will work. But I do notice this. I think it's the big mistake with Zach Wilson. Who I never bought into him. I didn't like his footwork. I didn't like his size. I thought he was undisciplined. I thought he was a cowboy. He was doing 8-9 pretty well. One through six, I didn't buy at all. So that's where we are today. I, I, I would still, still, they got some draft picks here. I'd still support him. I want to see 17 more games. From the beginning, I've said it's going to take more time with him. I don't trust the organization. They can't build or develop offense. I think they need to move down, get more picks, and current players, mostly on offense, give him 17 more games, and then make a decision. I wouldn't. I don't necessarily, by the way, disagree. I just want Colin Coward to say Everybody's so scared to say this. It's weird. It's like the opposite of what I said about Jordan Love yesterday. Everybody's scared to praise Jordan Love. Everyone's afraid to trash Justin Justin Fields. Even he, you can hear him dancing around it. But he's saying it, and it's the reality. And here's here's the question I have because I'm not even necessarily opposed to it, mostly because I don't really care for these quarterbacks a ton. Um, so I'm not. I I don't mind because you need so much, so many things. So, yeah, you can go uh, trade back and uh, get some help on defense and offense and whatever else you think you can do. Here's my question, though. If Trevor Lawrence was sitting there at one, what do you do? That's a no-brainer. If I'm talking if, if you've got that guy that everybody says is a generational talent at quarterback, if the Bears traded out of that spot, they'd be stupid. I think the only reason I think it might be the best option to stick with Justin Fields is because we don't really have an immediate replacement option. And I could be wrong. Maybe these guys, Stroud and and uh, and Bryce Young, are just elite, going to be great. That could be. I don't know. But I'm not opposed. I mean, you got to build a team. Even if you go get a quarterback, that quarterback's going to be dealing with the same offensive line, lack of wide receivers, and no defense. So build your team. But I do think if there was a generational talent quarterback sitting there, I think that's what would happen. But again, I just like poking fun at him. Anyways, the last thing I wanted to play, this isn't really knocking a quarterback or anything, but I did find this a little bit interesting. Um, you know, Equinemius St. Brown and his brother Amon Ross St. Brown do a podcast. And um, they had one with DJ Chark on, and they're just chopping it up. They're just talking whatever. But they started talking about the Lions. Uh, you know, Chark and Amon Ra are with the Lions. And uh, Chark has been around. He's played for a lot of different teams. Equinemius has played now for two teams. Amon Ra just knows college, and he knows the Lions. And he was kind of surprised to find out how much physical, how much more physical the Lions are than every other team in the NFL, which I also didn't know. But I want to play this for you. I don't really want to go out just in meetings again or watch the running backs right. meetings because I'm in my own meetings. But, uh, nah, and plus practice Practice was really intense 
We was <laughs> we was hitting. <laughs> we were hitting for real. Yeah. Yeah, but they, uh, they weren't they weren't hitting like that in Jacksonville. So that's DJ Chark talking the first time, saying we were plus we were hitting real hard. And and this came up because of hard knocks or whatever, but he's talking about how hard they were hitting and Amon Ra's like, Oh, you didn't do that in Jacksonville? Bro, I don't really think many teams in the league hitting like that. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't hit. <laughs> Chicago and you guys aren't going. You guys are hitting in camp. We're not tackling. You guys are doing tackle. We don't do tackle. We're doing straight tackle. Like, yeah, we don't do tackle. Tackle, <laughs> tackle drills. Yeah, Packers, like you're doing high, like Pop Warner drills. Like, we, we haven't done this since Pop Warner. Real one on one open field tackle. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. When your vets like spoke out about that, like, I ain't doing this. Like, and that's uh, Equinemia saying, you guys don't have, like, vets on your team spe- stepping up saying, hey, I'm not doing this? Um, bro, I had just you, got yeah, you, never, you never spoke up. Bro, I just got there. What, yeah, what what I'm, what I'm like, you got no, like, I guess you guys don't have, like, a, but if that was a Packers, bro, and someone tried to do that, like, like, Tay, Randall Cobb, like, bro, we ain't doing this, bro. Like, yeah, I just, I ain't gonna lie. The DB's not gonna do it. And, like, bro, the coach is gonna take it out to your practice. Like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't on so that was the part that I found interesting. And right or wrong, I don't know, but it does tie into what we've been talking about with the older guys and their mentality. The older guys' mentality of, like, they're not as reckless and ready to go out and fight and bleed and do all these things. The The Lions are a young team. Who's their veteran? Jared Goff, well, they're not tackling Jared Goff. He doesn't give a crap. Who's the veteran? He even said, DJ Chark, well, you're the veteran. He's like, well, I just got there, dude. I can't be barking orders at people and telling the coaches what to do. Who would be the guy that would step up and say, we're not doing this? There's nobody on Detroit. It's a bunch of young, hungry guys who are ready to ready and willing to go out and do whatever the coaches say. And Equinemia steps up, and he's on Chicago now, and he didn't even say anything about Chicago. Chicago could probably do it too. But he's like, dude, if that was in Green Bay... Devontae, Randall Cobb, they would step up and say, no, I'm not doing this. And the coaches would pull it out and say, okay, we won't do it. What is that? (laughs) I mean, do you get what I'm saying? There is something good about having young guys. When you get older, you get, I think, and again, right or wrong, you get to the point in your career where you're like, look, I'm over this rah-rah BS. Like, I'm not doing all this. I don't really care. But it's a problem. Because now what we're finding out is the Detroit Lions are playing fast, physical practice. They're not just hitting. They're doing live tackling in practice. And Equinemius is like, dude, Devontae would be like, dude, you can take that and stick it. And then the coaches would pull it out. Like, what? Are you serious? You can't do that. And listen, if you want to pull your superstars out of it and say, okay, they don't have to do it, whatever. But we're doing it. And, and you know, if you want to refuse, fine, but you better be ready for me to question your manhood. Tay, you don't want to do it, princess? Okay, you go over there. Why don't you go in, hit the showers? You don't want to be out here practicing with the, with the grown men? You don't want to play physical football? This, this is a physical game. You don't want to do it? Okay, see ya. Come to me and tell me I got to take it out, and then you're telling me the coach is, oh, oh, yeah, okay, so sorry about that. What is that? I'm sorry. Randall Cobb, if I'm the coach, is not telling me nothing. This is what we're doing. Oh, I'm not doing it. Okay, good to know. Thanks for not participating. Remember that next time when you come back saying, hey, I'd like to come back as a Green Bay Packer. No.
No, I want guys that want to be here and want to participate and want to fight and, and, and you know, work hard for this. It's funny listening to Amon Ra, who's a young guy that's only been with Detroit. And these guys, and we wonder why they're doing so good. And he's shocked to find out that they don't hit in practice. They don't tackle in practice. Like, you guys don't do that? That's crazy. I don't know, man. I, I just, it's one of the benefits, again, of just, I think, having a bunch of younger guys. I think the energy goes up. I think the aggression goes up. I think the hype goes up. It's good having some older guys there to help coach up the young guys, but um, I think it's run its course with guys like Randall. I love Randall. Did a lot of good things for the Packers, but I don't need that. That's sort of, no, I'm listen, I'll go through the jog throughs. I'll, I'll jog down the field and catch the passes and stuff, but you're not hitting me. Don't touch me. Okay. I did it in middle school. You're in the NFL and you can't do it? Okay. Anyways, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and um, talk a little bit more specific about the quarterback situation throughout the NFL and how that applies to the Green Bay Packers. If you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Also, if you'd prefer Venmo, there is a Packernet podcast is my handle or whatever on there. And of course, please do not forget Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. If you're looking for um, a charity to support, I would strongly encourage you to check them out. They're just getting started and are uh, in the process of helping some people that are coming straight out of the prisons. So please consider supporting. You can find them at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is where it gets a little tricky as far as where to even begin. Um, th- let's start with Derek Carr, because that's where most of the conversations are right now. It's a really interesting situation with him. The first thing to think about is, I, I, I again, the Schefter quote-unquote report about Aaron Rodgers will not go to an NFC team 
was literally Schefter saying, I don't think that they would do that. So again, it's not a report. It's not an insight. It's none of that. However, it still makes sense. Everything he says, I think, makes sense. It's him thinking it through, and it's a rational thought. It's just not a report. But it makes sense also for AFC quarterbacks, and that works to our advantage as well. Because although Derek Carr is maybe the most desirable quarterback next to Aaron Rodgers, I've seen people say it's like 1A and 1B, not because of talent, but if you mix in the contracts. And, and Carr's contract isn't great, but it's it's not as bad, I guess. But uh, there's also the length that he would probably play for. Um, but if you look at it, Derek Carr's AFC. So they would most likely want to send him to an NFC team. And some of the rumblings that are going on are NFC and probably teams the Packers wouldn't want to send Rodgers to. Also, if Lamar Jackson becomes a thing, probably going to the NFC. Um, But we'll start with this. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Raiders, quote, have already granted quarterback Derek Carr permission to speak with other teams interested in trading for him that have also agreed to compensation with Las Vegas. Schefter added... It's the same arrangement the Texans had with quarterback Deshaun Watson last offseason. As of yesterday, it was reported once again that Carr did not have permission to speak to other teams about a potential trade. That likely means no team has made an offer to the Raiders, at least not one the Raiders would be willing to accept. At the Pro Bowl, Carr told reporters he would not extend the February 15th deadline for the $40.4 million injury guarantee clause in his contract to kick in. With no suitors in sight, all signs point to the Raiders releasing Carr in the coming days. It's rare for an above-average quarterback to hit the open market, so expect multiple teams to throw massive contracts at Carr this offseason. So it's a really interesting thing because something's about to happen very soon. February 15th, the Raiders owe him a massive amount of money, and they're, they're not going to pay it. And so the, the, the teams that want Carr are probably playing a little bit of, of uh, kind of a Russian roulette thing here, or chicken or whatever. There's a lot of teams that want him. And right now, if somebody makes an offer, they could probably get him. But then you have to take on his contract, and nobody wants Carr's contract. Although I don't know that it's massively guaranteed. But it doesn't matter. If he's playing, then he gets that money, and that's the problem. And so what they would rather do is wait out the February 15th deadline, and then they can all pounce on Carr. So it'll be interesting to see if any teams try to sneak in and make an offer to the Raiders um, that are willing to give up some trade compensation to be able to secure Derek Carr. Because again, otherwise you don't have to give up any trade conversation uh, compensation. You just have to pay the money for the contract. But the other interesting thing is that's going to happen relatively soon. Now, I don't know when Rogers is going to make his decision, which of course, I, I, I think it's much more likely that he doesn't get traded because I'm kind of like 33% among the three decisions as far as retire trade, go back to the Packers. If anything, I would lean heavier toward going back to the Packers, and I think we'll get to that in a minute if we have time. But it's still interesting to look at it. If Rodgers, let's say, doesn't do anything until the end of February, early March, whatever, similar to what it was last year, then there's going to be a feeding frenzy for Carr. Now, you could look at that as a negative because you want more teams to be interested in your guy than less. But let's say Carr goes to an NFC team that likely wasn't going to get Aaron Rodgers anyways. Now you've got quarterback-starved teams that have lost one of the biggest options. There's basically two really big options. And if they don't get Carr, they're down to one. So the amount of teams goes down by one team. The amount of desperation for each team doubles. I see that as a good thing. Now, to be clear, there is a massive number of potential quarterbacks. Um, Aside from Carr and Rodgers, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. We can get to that. He's certainly going to be on the market. You've got potentially Lamar Jackson. You've got Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, Geno Smith, 
Daniel Jones. Not all of these guys are going to be, but potentially could be in the market. But a lot of them are going to go back. Geno sounds like they're locking up a deal. But even the other guys, it's not on the same tier. You really want Matt Ryan? Did you watch what he did for the Colts? What's the point? You want Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston or even Ryan Tannehill? I mean, he had a really good stint when he was in just the right, perfect system, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, there, there might be a flooding of, of uh, quarterbacks. And if Lamar does end up not getting something done with Baltimore, then that's going to really open things up in terms of like, that's going to be maybe the, the new number one that people are going to be looking at just because of how young and the upside and all that stuff. But again, generally speaking, if, if we can clear the market of, of Carr and then Rodgers emerges and says, I want to come back and they're going to end up working out a trade, he is the lone elite quarterback sitting there with a bunch of teams looking to pounce. And apparently, there's already a team that's been in conversation with this whole Mobile, Alabama thing. There's been some talk. According to Bleacher Report Gridiron here, Saints are buzzing as potential landing spot for Derek Carr in Mobile this week via um, Jeremy Fowler. Article via Yard Barker says ESPN's Jeremy Fowler wrote on Friday that NFL scouts and executives at the Senior Bowl in Alabama were buzzing about the New Orleans Saints as a potential landing spot for Carr. Fowler also noted that some interested teams are hoping Carr will be willing to rework his contract. The Saints operated with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback, blah, 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 blah. So again, let's say he gets released and then boom, done deal within a week with the New Orleans Saints. He gets a massive contract for five years, whatever it is. He's locked down, ready to go. Done deal. Now, maybe Rodgers could have gone to the Saints, but I doubt it. So that was never really a, a massive suitor to begin with. Nobody's ever talked about it. Nobody's ever inquired about it. Never really made a massive amount of sense. So Carr is off the field. We've cleared the field. And there's no teams that I think was a serious contender for Rodgers that are gone. In addition to that, Geno Smith is a major name. Uh, this is an article via CBSSports.com, Jordan Dejani. Geno Smith contract situation. Veteran quarterback talks with Seahawks about new deal look very good. Geno Smith would be an NFC quarterback that would likely go to an AFC team. You could look at the Jets and say that would be a pretty good suitable option for Geno if he became available. However, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith is a free agent this offseason, but it's been reported he's expected to be back with Seattle in 2023. During a recent interview with Sirius XM NFL Radio, the quarterback said that he had um, contract talks with Seahawks and that things look very good. We've had talks. We're in the process of getting all that settled right now. Smith said via ESPN, it's looking very good. We think we can get things done, but obviously things take time. This is a process that I hate about the NFL because I just want to play football, but it's a business as well, so we got to take care of business, and then we'll get back to football. Basically, he's saying it's a done deal. So Geno's staying in Seattle. Seattle's not a team that would ever probably get Aaron Rodgers if that was a thing. And Gino, who would be in competition with Rodgers, is no longer going to be in competition. There's also this, because again, what we're talking about is less quarterbacks, more teams. This is something from uh, CBS, again, um, talking about winners and losers of this Tom Brady retirement. And one of the losers they had was the Raiders. It says Las Vegas was reportedly the front runner to land Brady should, uh, should he have played outside of Tampa in 2023. With Brady retired and Derek Carr prepared to leave the team this offseason, the Raiders have major quarterback questions heading into the offseason. While Brady never indicated it was a possibility, there were surely some Patriots fans who are holding out hope that Brady may consider a farewell season in New England. That won't happen now, as the next time Brady will be at Gillette Stadium will likely be in his celebratory setting. So another team now that had plans potentially for a quarterback now doesn't have that. 
So what happens? The desperation ramps up. And you've got a star wide receiver that's saying, I want Rodgers here. Now, Rodgers' willingness, I don't really know. But I think the plan for both Rodgers and uh, the Packers is to be, we're not going to start eliminating teams. Even if I don't want to go there, we're not going to say that. Because the more people that want Rodgers, the more teams, the more competition, the higher the price. Higher price and more interest is good for both parties. And that's where you get articles like this from The Athletic. Uh, Jeff Howe wrote, uh, How Tom Brady's Retirement Reset NFL Quarterback Market Set Stage for Aaron Rodgers' Derek Carr. They start off talking about how the Raiders seem to be the most likely destination for Tom Brady, and it says not anymore, not unless Brady secretly has a sadistic goal of eclipsing Michael Jordan's retirement record after already surpassing him in the greatest champion of the modern era. The veteran quarterback market is thin, and the teams that need one will be fiercely competitive this offseason, potentially to the point where they're stressing budgets to fill the most important position on the field. The league's attention continues to focus on Aaron Rodgers, who is still deciding whether he wants to keep playing before the quarterback and the Packers subsequently determine whether it should be in Green Bay. The Packers could incur or would incur a massive cap hit if they trade Rodgers, the extent of which would be manipulated, blah, blah, blah. Point is, quarterbacks going down, needy teams going up. Supply and demand. Supply is low, demand is high. What does that do to the price? Makes it go up. And in the interest of furthering this supply and demand, I want to introduce another potential option for Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's a little bit out there, but it's worth exploring because why not? Here is, once again, Colin Coward. Well, here's the new report. There is one team in the NFL, quote, openly going all out for Aaron Rodgers. This morning, from Pro Football Network, uh, Tony Pauline, it's the Jets. And uh, there are multiple reports now the Packers would prefer to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Now, the way his contract works, it could happen after the draft. But um, it has been reported by Adam Schefter, trust him, that uh, the Packers would move him to the AFC. So there is three teams in the AFC that are obvious. We have now the Jets. I've always felt the Titans are big. And the Raiders with, the, you know... With Mahomes, Herbert, and, and, and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, you may want to do better than Jarrett Stidham. i got to believe they're going to call. So the interesting thing is I've tried to get into Aaron's head. I thought to myself, okay, what would I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers? Now, it's hard to get into Aaron's head. We have nothing in common. I'm married. He's not. i got a bunch of kids. He doesn't. Uh, it, it's, you know, um, but we're both on the back nine of our careers. How about that? So I thought about the Jets, and I thought to myself, no. There's a reason they haven't made the playoffs for 12 years. He's not going to go from a stable organization to all that wonky nonsense with a bunch of kids and a coach on the hot seat. That doesn't make any sense to me. And though he doesn't have a no-trade clause, you know, Aaron's going to tell the Packers, you can trade me there, I'm, I'm out. Uh, I don't think the Raiders work, although I do like their offensive weapons. Aaron could go to the Raiders, have a very good year, and still finish in third or fourth place, again like the Jets. Just too wonky of an organization. Now, the Titans does feel like it's something. Aaron hasn't had a lot of great defenses. Titans have a great defense. They also have a great coach in Mike Vrabel, and Nashville's a super cool city. And when you're young and single and don't have kids, living in a cool place after living in Green Bay is probably attractive. I mean, he does have a house out in L.A. But I, the one thing I come back to with Tennessee is they always feel weapons-deprived. They always feel like 
a receiver or a tight end shy, and their offensive line is bad, bad. So I got to tell you, the one, I'm thinking to myself, I'm Aaron. I'm single. I don't have kids. Miami. Oh, get over the Tua thing. That's an eye roll. How many times have they told us they love Tua, and an hour later there's a Deshaun Watson story, there's a Tom Brady story. If you trust Miami, that is a you problem. They have a great left tackle, unbelievable weapons, no state tax, warm weather, city for a single guy. They have unbelievable speed at wide receiver, capable running backs. I don't know. Miami kind of feels like what I would do. Single, no kids, three, four more years, super brilliant offensive coach from the 49ers system. Aaron's gotten beat by that 49ers system multiple times. He just got beat by, you know, Garoppolo not long ago. An inferior quarterback to him, he's thinking, God, if I had that system, you can get it in Miami. I got the left tackle. David Bakhtiari is his best friend on the Packers, so he loves his left tackles, right? You got one. Super fast veteran wide receiver Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki's a better-than-average tight end, good running backs, no state tax, lot to do, fun city. I, you know, I, I know you all love Tua. He's the nicest kid in the world. But every time you tell me everybody loves him, it's a Fitzpatrick. It's Deshaun Watson. It's a Tom Brady rumor. It's a Sean Payton. We're moving on. Sorry if I'm a little skeptical about that one. And I also think the division, the Jets don't have a quarterback. New England's got one, but he's limited. And it looks like Josh Allen and the Bills are regressing. So here is my pie chart, my first Aaron Rodgers pie chart. See a very handsome picture of Aaron there? I'm going to go with this for our radio audience. 51% Packers, 25% Dolphins, Titans O-line, 18% Titans, Jets and Raiders, it could happen. Just to protect it, I'll just say 3% each. According to the report, the Jets are the one team, though, have gone all out to get Aaron Rodgers. So potentially, we add Miami to that list. Now, I was a little bit obsessed with the single no kids. I think he said that about 75 different times. Um... I've made it clear that that's how I would be if I was a football player. I want to go nice weather. I'd love to go to Miami, um, Tampa Bay, somewhere in Texas, Carolina, Tennessee, maybe New Orleans, but I don't I don't know about that. Maybe Atlanta, I, whatever. Jacksonville would be fine. Could travel out of Jacksonville. But for me, it's not even so much that they don't believe in Tua. I thought Tua played at a, a fairly high level this year. My issue is... Are they concerned, aside from the part where he seems to be right, there's always rumors about moving on from Tua. Um, aside from that, I, I'm genuinely wondered how the, are they concerned about the concussion issue? At what point do they have to say, we, we can't let you go out on the field anymore? How many concussions does it take before they just pull the plug and say, I'm sorry, we, no. That doesn't necessarily mean Aaron Rodgers makes the most sense in terms of where we go from here. It's also worth noting Miami does uh, have their first-round pick forfeited this year, so we would not get a first-round pick from this year, so it would have to be for next year, which, again, is an entirely likely scenario if we're doing a post-June 1, which we probably would do trade with Aaron Rodgers. Might not, but if that is the case, we're not getting a first-round pick this year, which, again, I, I just think we gloss over that entirely too much. I think it's more likely if he gets traded it will be a post-June 1 trade, which means our first pick will be next year. Now, there may be players that we get back in return for this year, but any compensation would be next year. But as long as they're in the field, he doesn't have to go there. We don't have to send them there. 
But as long as they're there making offers, we'll send you this player, first-round pick, second-round pick next year. As long as it's a good offer that raises the prices of everybody else, and we can go select somebody else's offer. We just need you to offer something. We just need you to be in the field. One final thing I wanted to bring up about the Aaron Rodgers potential trade. Uh, We're spending a lot of time talking about it as if it's a done deal. I'm not implying it's a done deal. I just want to look at our options here. NFL executives suggest intriguing solution to facilitate the Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers trade. Where and if Aaron Rodgers, this is via Yard Barker, uh, Mike Santa Barbera, where and if Rodgers will play in 2023 is still a mystery. However, if Rodgers decides he wants out of Green Bay, there is one giant obstacle in the way. The Packers would have to find a team willing to trade high-value assets knowing Rodgers' playing future uh, without knowing his future, whatever. Per ESPN's Jeremy Fowler again, who was just grinding out there in Mobile, an NFC executive suggested an intriguing solution to that problem. Make the draft picks received by the Packers in a deal for Rodgers conditional based on how long the quarterback plays. Fowler included an example suggesting that a second-round selection would become a first-rounder if Rodgers plays beyond 2023. Rodgers spoke this week about conversation. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I think that makes a ton of sense because how much and how uh, how long and how well he plays are a massive factor. Now, it's not going to be great for the Packers and Packer fans because we're expecting like a haul and it's going to end up being a second, a 2024 second-round pick that's conditional on him coming back and he probably won't. <laughs> but it does make a lot of sense and it makes him easier to move. And that may be the case, something we should brace for. But I think considering how unbelievably volatile the situation is in terms of how unbelievably high-priced I mean, the, the, the price is static. They're going to pay that dollar amount. But then there's a massive question of how much we get for them. So I think conditional makes a massive amount of sense. But again, this is kind of, you know, when we were buying our house, uh, it seems like things are calming down a lot now, I think, because prices and everything got so psychotic and the interest rates are going up and everything else. But it was unbelievably difficult to get a house. I was stunned that we got this place. The competition was insane. And so what you have are people doing what? They're foregoing inspections. They're saying, don't worry about it. We're not going to do any inspections. In other words, they're doing reckless things that they shouldn't do because the market is so hot. And that may be the case with Aaron Rodgers. You got somebody coming in saying, well, to give you a a conditional second round pick. Well, the Jets are looking at that going, so if I give you 13, we got a deal? It's like, well, as of right now, absolutely. All right, let's do it. In other words, the risk of him playing like garbage and then leaving next year, we're going to forego that risk. We're, We're going to take that risk on ourselves. So anyways, that is my opinion of where things are at right now. Obviously, things are moving pretty fast and furious. Um, The only other news that I saw, and I don't know exactly how much stock to put in it, but uh, Big B, that's uh, at Big Packers 4X, who broke the Aaron Rodgers, broke his thumb news. But he says, according to a source, Alan Lazard is looking for 15 to 17 million a year on the open market, and the Packers haven't been willing to offer more than half of that. Packers are open for a return if you can't find big money elsewhere. So this is very similar sounding to the MVS thing, except with the MVS thing, I mean, he got paid what he wanted, and I can't imagine. I mean, who is going to pay Lazard 15 to $17 million? The guy was, he was just kind of bad this year. By the way, it should be noted, no offense to Mr. Big B, but um, some uh, drama here in the comments section. Apparently this was... uh, reported about four hours earlier via Lambo Leapers on Instagram. 
source tells Lambo Leapers that wide receiver Alan Lazard, you know, copy and paste the exact same wording and everything. But I'll go ahead and stay out of that. I couldn't really care less. Bottom line is somebody told somebody something. But with that, I'm going to leave you all to it. You guys have yourselves a great night, and I will talk to you uh, tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.